0: This is, I like this building. This is fun. How many of y'all, this is your first time in this building? And I am raising my hand very much. So I was supposed to come a few weeks ago and visit, and I did not. I'm, I'm a horrible friend. That's what I've determined. So uh, it was really fun. I was, saying, I was sitting back there. Actually, I pulled up. I'll say a little story. So I, I messaged Uncle Paul, and I was like, hey, I'll be there, like, right around the start of chapel. Um, I have a seven-year-old who I may bring with me later this week. I have a nine-year-old who I'm most definitely not bringing with me this week. Um, I only say that because he likes to go to bed early. And um, so he's like, he's like, what time are you going? He goes to bed at like 8.30. So he's actually been in bed for 15 minutes already. Uh, So I, I was like... I was like, well daddy has to leave at seven thirty and I'll get to camp about eight. And he went, he went, Will you be back in time for bedtime? I was like, no. He goes, I'm out. I was like, okay, not a problem. Um, but he loves camp because he's been here a few times, but um, so I'll I'll have pictures later. I didn't want to throw that on Uncle Paul tonight. But so I messaged him and I was like, Hey, I'll be here like right at eight o'clock. And or like right around eight o'clock. And so I pulled up out here and I think it was like right at 8 o'clock, wasn't it, when I pulled up? And I, I walk in the chapel, and I'm greeted with not, hey, hi, how are you? It's, Uncle Paul just went looking for you. You need to text him. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Because I messaged him, and I was like, hey, I don't know how to get to the new chapel. And he goes, I'll come wait on you. I was like, you don't need to wait on me. I was like, I can figure it out. So I just drove back here, and apparently we crisscrossed somewhere. I think he went that way, and I went that way, and somehow we ended up back here. So um, so I texted him, and I was like, I'm at the chapel and then he walks in, and so that has absolutely no bearing on anything. But hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, now I remember why, why I did that. I'm Jared, uh, in case you all don't know who I am. What I was saying was, while I was standing back there, there was a lot of familiar faces that were that were walking in and, like, waving and saying hey, and I was saying hey. And then I was sitting back there attempting to run sound. Wow, they got bright. Uh, attempting to run sound and and the video stuff, and... I don't remember what Isaac said, but Isaac said something, and I laughed. And when I did, I turned to like look at Uncle Paul, and I see Mary like right behind him. And I was like, "Hey, really a familiar face that I have not seen in a long time." So, um, I was excited to see her. How many of y'all remember Colt? Anybody remember Colt? Okay, like I messaged Colt like as soon as I, as soon as I realized Mary was there, I was like, "Hey, Mary's here." He was like, "Oh my goodness!" So he was like freaking out because he was going to try to be here this week, but stuff didn't work out. So we're trying to get the band back together and that would have been just, you know, Mary being here, it would just been been fun. So I'm glad that you guys are here. Um, I'm so thankful to, to be here to be a part of this. I may move around a little bit. I don't like being up here, but uh, I never have really liked being in front of people, which is really funny because I'm the speaker for the week. I'm more comfortable back there in the back behind technology. Um, so I, I didn't even bring my phone up here to hide behind, so like normally I would say that and just kind of sit my phone up here so I'm behind it. but uh, I am excited to be here, and I was really excited to see that it was that it was mystery week, and I was like, man, like what am I going to be what am I going to be speaking on like what what can I talk to these guys about? And so in all honesty, it's been a mystery to me what I was going to be speaking to you all about up until like this weekend, and uh just got alone with God and just really wanted to focus on. On this week, because um, like I said, I have a seven year old, I have a nine year old, I have a 90 pound labradoodle. We now have three cats in our house. Um, It's it's insane. Um, I've been up since four this morning, Um, went for a two mile run. And so I might pass out up here while I'm standing here. So uh, that is one of my big rules. If you guys feel tired, I know it's the first night of camp. But if you guys feel tired, you will not offend me if you stand up. Okay, And the reason that I say that is because if you stand up and you nod off and you fall down, it hurts more. And so you tend to stay awake. And you're like, if I nod off, I might have to stand up. And I will make you stand up. So, no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. But if you do feel tired, feel free to stand up because I am exhausted. So that's why I'm standing. Okay. So, uh, but, um, but no, like with it being a mystery week. And then I was like, I was sitting back there and I saw the song list. And I saw Christ be magnified, and I was like, oh, that's awesome, because, like, when I think about mystery, I think about Sherlock Holmes, and not, like, the Robert Downey Jr., Sherlock Holmes, like, the sarcastic, like, punch people in the face in slow motion kind of thing. Like, I think about, like, the old school with, like, the hat and the the magnifying glass and the old, you know, detective walking around uh, looking for things, and so I was like, oh, Christ be magnified, like, there's a magnifying glass, like, like, when people look closely at us, they need to be able to see Christ coming out of us. And then, you know, uh, just... What was the other song that you did? where do you go? Glorious Day. Glorious Day, thank you. Man, okay, I just turned 43, and my brain is, like, shot right now. So um, when Uncle Paul goes, hey, how long have you been coming here? I was like, I just turned 43. I was, you know, I was out of college. Yeah, it's been, like, 21 years ago. So, but it's like I woke up, like, last week, and my wife goes happy birthday, and I was like, thanks, and I went to get out of bed, and I swear, like, the day before, I was fine, and then I woke up on my 43rd birthday, my knees hurt, my back hurt to get out of bed, like, I had to, like, hold on to the wall when I walked downstairs, and, like, the, the two of the cats are running in front of me, like, they're beneficiaries of my life insurance policy, and, like, they want me to fall, and, like, I'm stumbling, and I turn lights on, and, like, I'm blinded, and like, I'm yelling at kids that are on my, on my yard, and it's just like, what in the world has happened in the last week? 43 and is the magic year. 43 is the magic year? How many of you all are race fans? Anybody? You don't have to be ashamed of it, okay? Like, okay, race fans, NASCAR fans, okay, anybody? I almost put, like, the iconic 43 up as my profile picture. <laughs> but I was like, eh, I don't want to advertise it that much. So, uh, but... Um, you are like, what does this have to do with anything? Nothing. This is me. Uh, sometimes I go off on very long rabbit trails. and forget where, where I started and where I needed to be. But here's the fun part about tonight, okay? We're starting at the very beginning, okay? So it's going to be very easy for me to remember where we are. So, if you have your Bibles, turn to the very first book, the very first page, the very first chapter, Genesis, We, I said we're starting at the beginning, and I plan on ending back here, like, in the appendix, so that's all tonight. I'm doing the whole week right now. Anybody? Okay, no, I'm just messing with you. Okay, no. They're like, yeah, we want to get rid of Jared in one night. Woo! So, okay. Actually, after tonight, you may be going, yeah, we need to get rid of Jared after tonight. So, okay, so here we go. We are starting in the beginning. And when I say that, quite literally, look at verse 1. In the beginning. Anybody want to read the next couple of words? Right. God created. That's all I needed right there. In the beginning, God created. Here's what I love about this. We, we weren't at the planning meeting. We weren't at the committee meeting. We weren't at like anything like that. It literally just goes, hey, in the beginning... God created. In all honesty, that's all the book of, like, that whole chapter needs to say. Is in the beginning, God created, period. Like, I heard this guy earlier this week. He was talking about how there needs to be a new punctuation mark between period and exclamation point. Because period is just the end of a statement. And an exclamation point is like excitement and exuberance. So in all honesty, it could say, in the beginning, God created. Like it could be this huge like exclamation point. And this guy was saying that there needs to be one that's kind of like halfway in between where you're kind of like, "Eh." you know, like, do I need to be excited? Is this just a statement? And it's not going to go anywhere. But I was thinking about that because I was like, in the beginning, God created. And insert the punctuation mark right there. And that's all that needs to be said. But we're, we're, we're humans, and we want to know how all of this happened. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to is, is literally a podcast about just whatever. They cover beekeeping to, like, serial killers. Like, it's just everything in between. And it's just this, like, hour-long podcast that my wife goes, why do you listen to that? And I was like, because I speak at camps, and it's nice to know stuff that nobody else knows. And she goes, but beekeeping? And I went, honey. And she goes, she goes, she goes, sweetheart. And I went, no, 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 no. Honey, sticky bee saliva, honey. And she was like, she was like, you're so weird. And then this is my favorite when she says this. And if she happens to come with me, just love her, because I do. She looks at me, and she's like, you are so weird. And I'm like, you chose me. (laughs) Like, forever. You promised. Like, you knew this was going to happen, and still you made that promise. And she's like, I know. (laughs) My wife is, like, this tall. And I don't mean this in a bad way that it's going to sound, but her attitude is up here. And I don't mess with this. This. I also don't mess with this because this comes with it, okay? But, but I'm like, she's like, what does that have to do with anything? And I'm like, I don't know. But it'll come up somewhere. And so, so I, I love the fact that, that like, we, we really don't need any other information other than God created. Like that, That's where it should end. In the beginning, God created. Period. Exclamation point. If you want to throw in a question mark, that's what the rest of the chapter is for. And there are people that go, did God really create it? Did God really create it? Or was it some magical unicorn fart out in the universe that, like, exploded and everything happened? You know, like, it's, like there, there's always going to be those questions. So that's why we have the rest of this chapter. But here's why I wanted to focus on this. Because I said we were going to start at in the very beginning. And I want, to, I, want to, I want to like put a magnifying glass on this so that we can see something because I'm I'm definitely going to get somewhere here. Look down in verse 3. It says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Go down to verse 6. It says, And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the earth. It says, And God made that. Verse number nine. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear. Verse number 12. It's very funny that this happens to like leap in threes. Ah, I said verse 12, uh, verse 11, I'm sorry. It says, and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants, yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit. Verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the expanses of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be signs for seasons and for days and years. Verse number 20, And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created sea creatures and every living creature that moves. Verse number 24, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds. Are you noticing a pattern? Like I love patterns. Once again, it drives my wife crazy because she'll... Like I'll throw something at her. I'm like, hey, did you notice this, 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 and this? And she goes, no. Why would you? It it clicks with me. Like, patterns click with me. And once again, you're so weird. Yes, I know. But you chose, you know. But think, look at this. Verse number three. And God... No? Verse three, not verse one. Verse three. And God... Okay, verse six. And God... Verse 9, and God said. Verse 11, and God said. Can we keep going? 14. Said. God said. Number 20, and God said. Verse number 24, and God said. Right. God spoke, and everything came into existence. In the beginning, God created by speaking. Have you ever spoken anything into existence no we have to work hard to make things we have a garden in our backyard i hate gardening and it's a box it's like four foot by six foot and i don't even like working it i go out there and i like i like rake things up or dig things up and i'm like that was horrible and then like my neighbor who's in like her 70s, is out there with this huge garden about half the size of this building, and she's over there just like tending to it. And she's like, if you want anything, you come over and get it, okay? I have purple peppers over in my little box, you can have some of those, you know? Like her her granddaughter loves purple bell peppers, so I grow them for her. And then she, my boy's like little cherry tomatoes, like little tiny tomatoes, so she grows those for my boy. So it's this weird trade system, but but like, I, I, I don't like doing stuff like that. But you let me go to my woodshed, like I literally have a woodshed, and I have a lathe in there, and like I love to create something. Like to literally just work with my hands and do something like that. But I can't, I can't stand there in the middle of my woodshed and go, all of you two by fours out there, I need to be a deck. And like they just exist. How many of you all play Fortnite? Dumbest game in the world. Okay. <laughs> okay. Once again, I have a seven year old and a nine year old that think that that game is the end all, be all. I'm like, give me Mario, give me Sonic, like, give me something. But the reason that I brought up Fortnite is because I have watched Mortal Kombat, I have watched them enough to like, like, there's this one thing like where they need to build something, and it freaked my nine-year-old out when they took the building part of Fortnite away. He goes, what am I going to do? And I went, read a book. You know, I was like, find something else to do. But if you haven't played Fortnite or if you haven't watched somebody play Fortnite, which is even worse, but there are people that make a living doing that too, um, have people watch them. Like, like they go to build something in that game and like they pull out like the plans and like you know whatever and it just starts creating like whatever my son is like sitting there just like click, 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 click and I'm like oh this is beyond me <laughs> but once again like I don't see it but but they like they go through it and he just automatically starts climbing while stuff is still building I'm like how are you doing that and he goes well it hasn't built it yet but since I'm the one building it like I can climb this thing and I was like wow. Hey, babe. um, I call my wife babe. I'm like, hey, babe. um, I'm going to go make a bowl or I'm going to go make a a vase like out of a a piece of wood. I'm going to go make a vase for flowers. Go on and pour the water. (laughs) But you haven't made the vase yet. Yeah, I know. But it's going to be there. I promise. So just go on and pour the water. (laughs) Heck, go on and put flowers in it. Here's how much I don't like gardening and stuff. I bought my wife Lego flowers. <laughs> have you all seen these things? Like it's literally a Lego set where you build flowers. And we sat there Christmas morning and built a bouquet of flowers. And they have been the best thing. She hasn't killed them. I don't have to water them. The cats don't mess with them. Like they're fantastic. I don't mind building Legos, but that's what I'm saying. Like there you go, case in point. 1000 pieces of Legos. Hey, make flowers and my wife goes very funny there's an instruction book Just start going and like you literally just like you have to create something and take the time and God literally spoke all of this stuff into existence but then I love this part verse number 26 it says then God said not let there be man let there be woman it says let us make man In our image. He doesn't say that about anything else that he created. But everything else that he created. It says when he created it. And he saw that it was good. He announced that it was good. And then in verse number 26. He goes. You know what? We have all of this stuff. Let's make man. Not let there be man. And There's Adam. He literally goes. Let's make man. Let's make him in our image. Turn over one page. So now we're not at the beginning anymore. We are a little deeper. One page. We're slowly getting to the end of Revelation, okay? You good? Okay. I have a question. Do you see two different colors, or does it kind of blend? I'm just asking, because I have ADD, like, really bad. So, like, your your glasses. Okay. Anyway. What was it I told him one time? I have attention deficit. Ooh, shiny. Okay? Like... (laughs) like I am the squirrel guy like hardcore okay I was speaking at a church one time and it was like it was a little country church like out towards um South Holston Lake like 20 people I felt like a toddler compared to the average age of people that I was speaking to that morning and I'm teaching on on Peter denying Christ and we might hit that a little bit later on this week but where Peter's literally denying Christ and Christ goes hey when you hear a rooster crow, you would have denied me three times. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the three different times that Peter, and right as I get to the third time that Peter denies him, this rooster flies up into the window and starts crowing. And like everyone in that church like jumped and like looked, and I went, didn't plan it. I promise I did not plan that. And I went, so the rooster crowed, and the rooster like looked around and jumped out of the window and like took off no idea where that rooster came from because there were no chicken farms anywhere close by. But there was a rooster that appeared in church that Sunday. So I did not speak it into existence. Okay. Did not happen. It was a sign apparently. But okay. So here we go. So Genesis 1 26. He says let us make M-A-K-E make man in our image. Not speak. He made Genesis 2 verse number 7. And here's what I want you guys to pick up on. It says, then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. The King James puts it, and man became a living soul. I always like to put it this way. God spoke everything that you see around you into existence. Just speaking. Just speaking. Okay, I can't even make my seven-year-old clean his room by speaking to him. I have to get in there and literally get down in the floor with him and try to help him clean. I threatened to duct tape him to the ceiling, but that doesn't help cleaning his room. So, but in this one, it says that God literally came down out of heaven and got down in the dirt and formed us with his hands. And not only that, but once he gets done forming man, he goes, need something else. And he gets down and breathes, mouth to mouth, breathes into us. The very living breath that gives us life. And it says that man became a living soul. Think about this. God got his hands dirty when he made us. He could have spoken us into existence and it would have been just like everything else that he made, but he chose to get down in the dirt that he created and get his hands dirty and create us. That's probably one of the biggest mysteries that I, that I, have, I have tried to figure out is why such a personal touch. Like, God, what made me worth it to the point that you wanted to get down there and get dirty? Here's the cool thing, and here's what I love about the Bible. That's not the the only time that God got his hands dirty. Remember when I told you to hold on because we were going to go? You ready? Okay, New Testament. John, chapter number nine. I cheated. I put a post-it note in it. Actually, I put a post-it note in John 19. John, chapter number 9. You don't know where John is. New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Fourth, fourth, fourth book. But when you, when, you, when you go back through creation, he creates man there. How many of you all, and you don't have to blurt this out, how many of you all know where Eve came from? Yeah, right? Like, God literally put Adam to sleep, pulls out a rib from Adam's side, and creates Eve. And it, li- like, it literally just pulled out. I used to have this one youth pastor. He's like, that's why guys have one less rib. Now, most of the boys are going to sit there and go. And start, like, counting ribs. Don't look at the girl beside you and go, can I count yours? No, 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 no. No, no, no. 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 And also guys, that's not a very good pickup line. Hey, how many ribs do you have? Okay? Doesn't work because you can't go, "Oh, I'm missing one." So, you know, no, that's not going to happen. But I mean, think about it, okay? So so not only did God get down and like create Adam, but like he got personal when he created girls. And I always like to throw that in because I I, I didn't one time and this girl came up to me and she goes, "I'm offended." And I went, "Oh, okay." It's like, why? She goes, because of something you said. I'm like, you're really going to have to be more specific. And she goes, you didn't talk about how God created Eve. And I was like, you're right, I didn't. She's like, you need to correct that. Okay. So, being honest with you, 13 summers later, I'm correcting that, okay? So, it took me that long because, like I said, my brain's just gone. Okay. So don't get offended. God had a personal touch in making Eve too. Okay. He didn't just go, Hey, Adam needs a helper. Poof. There's a woman. Like it was, Hey, Adam, go to sleep. And he wakes up and there she is. You know, I always told somebody, I was like, if I went to sleep and woke up and my wife was standing there, number one, I'd probably scream (laughs) because when I went to bed, there was nobody standing there. The scariest thing, and if you still do this to your parents, may God have mercy on your soul, that is the creepiest thing in the world, is to wake up and your child is just right here. And they look at you and they go, I think I peed the bed. How do you think you peed the bed? Like, what the, it's like, oh my goodness. Like, you stomp when you sleepwalk, but when you're awake, you like creep... What are you doing? The youngest one crawled up in bed with me one time, and I did not know it until he's laying between me and his mom. And he's like this close to my face, and he goes, (laughs) Dodger, what? Okay, I literally fell out of the bed that night, and my wife slept through the whole thing. So, okay, but so Adam wakes up, and there's Eve. Okay, so I've covered Eve. We good? Okay, but the key point that I want you to get there is what? God got his hands what? Dirty. Dirty. Because he got down there and like made us, formed us. So y'all are like, why in the world did you jump to John chapter nine? Because I'm trying to get all the way through. No, I'm just kidding. John chapter nine, beginning in verse number one. It says, as he, he being Jesus, passed by, he saw a blind, a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi or teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? This is a completely different lesson, but I just want to throw this out. This was There are people who still believe this. Like they go, hey, Rabbi, what bad thing did this guy or his parents do? That he was born this way. Think about how crazy that question is, okay? Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? He was born blind. Okay. I know what happens in the womb, like physically. But I don't know of any way that either one of my sons sinned other than like kicking my wife. Okay. Or actually Scout, my youngest, stole from my wife. Like we found out that he was stealing like, this is going to sound weird, he was stealing fat like from her diet like he was consuming more of it than she was and so she was getting these horrible leg cramps because of it woke me up in the middle of the night multiple times and I was like stop doing that child you know so but it's just funny because he go, they go who's sinned, this man or his parents that he was born blind okay sometimes I want to smack people for stupid questions so thank goodness that wasn't me in that one. but Jesus I love this he goes He goes, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And I like this one. Right here's the the key part. Having said these things, and if you've never heard this, you're going to be like, this is disgusting. He spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva says then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud a lot of you are going like this is weird okay what did we just talk about what did God do with Adam made him out of what dirt Dirt, right so when I've always heard this this talk they say like God kind of like you know moved the mud around and put the mud on the man's face and told him to go wash that's what I love I didn't I didn't put that out there he says, go wash in the pool, and it says that the man went, and when he came back, he could see. And a lot of times what I've heard is, like, Jesus put mud all over this man's face and then told him to go wash. Number one, you, you've been blind since birth, but I think you know what somebody, like, getting ready to hawk up a loogie sounds like. You might know what I just said? Like, just a big old gob of spit? Like, you know that's about, like, when you hear that sound, you know what's about to happen. Then you hear him spit, and then you hear him stirring around in, in the dirt right in front of you. And you're like, I don't have to be blind. Like, I don't have to see to know what's about to happen. Like, this man is about to just smear mud all over my face. Okay? I like to take a little bit of creative licensing with this. Because think about who's doing this. It's Jesus. It's the Son of God. The Son of the Creator. And he spits into the dirt. And I don't think he just got dirt and just smeared it. I like to think that he literally took the time to pick up the dirt that he just spit in. And to begin rolling it around in his hands into the perfect ball and then he probably drew like a pupil and an iris and he kind of looked at it a little bit and then he goes and pushed it in and then reached down and got some more and rolled it around and was like we'll make him cross-eyed no I'm just joking <laughs> he's like we'll just roll it around and he begins to draw it again and then he just goes and he presses them in And so, of course, there's going to be mud out there. Literally made the man eyes. It's what I like to think about. Because remember, God took a personal touch when he created us. And he says this man was born blind so that the works of God could be magnified, could be on display. And then he looks at the guys and he goes, hey, go wash off the excess mud. And the man runs away and washes his face. And then all of a sudden he can see. And I love it because, and I'm just going to paraphrase this real quick because it's such a great story. He looks around and he says he says he suddenly sees people. And he runs to the temple the very first thing. And everybody's like, hey, isn't it that guy that was born blind? And like they start accusing him of all these different things. And they start accusing his parents. And they're like, he's teaching blasphemy and he's doing all of this. And and like and like they cast him out of the temple. He hasn't been allowed to worship his entire life because he's been blind. And now he can see and he wants to go in there and he wants to worship and they kick him out, and he's standing out on the steps, and he's just like, and it says that Jesus walks up to him, and he goes, hey, what's up, and the guy goes, this morning, I was blind, and some guy put mud in my face, and told me to go wash, and like, I I don't even know who he was, and Jesus goes, it was me, and the guy goes, thank you, like, I, I, like, can I worship you, can I follow you, like, what can I do, and Jesus goes, no, just, like, just go, like, this guy had an awesome story, Because he was blind, now he could see. Because the very one that created man out of the dust of the ground created him, gave him sight out of the very same dust. So once again, God got his hands dirty. And then all four gospels carry this next account there's a cross, there's a hill there's dark clouds and the son of God is laid on a cross and they drive nails and spikes through his feet and then they drive nails and spikes through his hands and his wrists and as he's hanging there bleeding and dying he says father forgive them because they don't know what they do and he took on the sins of everyone that ever existed and ever will exist And I'm not just glancing over this part. But God got his hands dirty again for you, for me. Why? Because in each instance, it was proof that he loves us. It was proof that he cares enough about us that he was willing to what? Get his hands dirty. And what does he ask of us? It's not a mystery, I can tell you that. He goes, hey, I want you to get your hands. I want you to be the hands. I want you to be my feet. I want you to get a little dirty in this world. I want you to get out there and do the work with me, for me, in this world. And your hands might get dirty, and your hands might get calloused, and your hands might just be completely unrecognizable because of the amount of work that they have to do. But you as my children, you as my followers, you are now my hands. And I need you to get dirty. I need you to go out into the world and spread my message. Show people you love them. Don't be afraid to get personal. Don't be afraid to get down in the dirt to help somebody. Probably one of my favorite passages is still in John. If you'll turn over a few pages to John chapter 20. Jesus is raised from the dead. He's actually appeared to his disciples in a completely locked room, which is probably even scarier than my my kids waking me up in the middle of the night. Because they're locked, they think they're safe, and then all of a sudden, Jesus, like right there. And they're like, okay, cool, Jesus is here. How did he get in? Who left the window unlocked? Like, who let the cat door open? And Jesus just came in here. Y'all are like, cat, door, and Jesus. Okay. That should be a t-shirt. No, I'm just joking. Uh, John, chapter number 20. So Jesus appears to his disciples. In verse number 24, it says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve. How many of y'all have ever heard of Thomas? Anybody? What's usually the description that we put in front of Thomas's name? Doubting Doubting Thomas, right? Why do we do that? Because he wasn't with the original ten. We're down to 10, okay? I know it says he's one of the 12, but Judas betrays Jesus. Judas feels really bad for what he did. Judas hangs himself, so now there's 11. Thomas wasn't there, so there's 10. Sorry, y'all were like, we're at summer camp. We're not supposed to do math. You didn't. I did, okay? Um, I promised not to teach on Gideon. That's a whole math lesson. But anyway, uh, if you know, you know. Okay, Um So it says, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came the first time. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he, being Thomas, said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my fingers in the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. There's a lot of us. That are a lot like that version of Thomas. Where we go until I see God do something amazing. Or I don't or I don't see something that's personal to me. It ain't happening. And there's a lot of us that are like that. And then it says eight days later. His disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said peace be with you. Then he, looked, he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. So Thomas got to have that personal encounter. And does Jesus want to have a personal encounter with you? Yes. But sometimes we're like Gideon. There I am bringing up Gideon again. We, we want a sign, we want some miracle, like for God to prove. That he is who he claims that he is, and who the Bible claims he is, and who our friends claim that he is, and our youth pastors, and our pastors. And here's why I bring that part up. Because Thomas answered him and said, my Lord and my God. Like, he literally goes, you are who you, who you are. You, you, you are who they say that you are. And I love this, because Jesus said to him in verse 29, have you believed because you have seen He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I like to think in that moment that that Jesus was looking into the future beyond us and going, there are so many out there that won't have an opportunity to see me physically, but will have so many opportunities to see my works, and they're going to believe even without seeing but the first thing he says to Thomas, he goes, Hey, Thomas, put your fingers in my hands. It'd been a little weird if he'd gone, Hey, here's my foot. But he goes, Hey, Thomas, here they are. The very hands that formed you from the dust of the ground, the very hands that held you in your mom's womb, the very hands that were hung on a cross and, and nailed and bled and died for you. Here they are. Dirt and all. They're here. So if ever you think, God hasn't done anything for me. Why why should I want to follow and serve somebody like that? In the beginning, God created From the very foundations of the earth, he knew you in this exact moment. And he was willing to get his hands dirty on so many accounts for you. And there are people here who, in the name of Christ, have gotten their hands dirty for you guys this week. And sometimes you don't have to look any further than that to see the face of Jesus. That's not a mystery. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in the stillness of this moment, I just want to thank you and praise you that you were willing to God, come down here and form us God, not only that, just to breathe into us the very life-giving breath that comes from you God, for getting personal from day one God, for never ceasing to be ever-present in our life. Father, I pray if there's someone here at camp this week that is waiting for an opportunity to see you, I pray that you show yourself in such a mighty way that they can't go, nope, didn't happen, never saw it. Father, those that are serving this week as a counselor or staff or anyway, God, I pray that you are magnified through them this week, this summer. God, that everyone that encounters them goes, Yep, yeah, that was Jesus. Father, I pray if there's somebody here that has never fully accepted you and your sacrifice on the cross. Your burial, your resurrection, you overcoming death. Father, I pray that this is the time, that this is the week, that that becomes a reality in their life. And they can go, he got his hands dirty for me. Father, again, we thank you and praise you for, for who you are, for what you've done. Father, for what you continue to do for us on a moment-by-moment basis. As your word says, if we were even able to write them all down, the world itself could not contain the volumes of things that you've done for us. Father, we just ask all these things in your name. Amen.